0: Oh, hi, you're listening to Service from Hell, a podcast featuring people that are currently in customer service positions or the lucky few that got out and all the good, bad, and infinitely irritating things that go along with that work. I'm actor and writer Kate Gaffney, and I'm uniquely qualified to discuss this as I used to work at a very busy and very popular comedy club in Los Angeles. And at least one of you listening right now has probably grabbed me and told me you were ready to order when I was running around like a crazy person. So let's eat! <laughs> I'd like to welcome our guest, comic writer, content creator, and one-third of What's Your Sign, a comedy astrology podcast, Lisa Lisa Lisa's originally from El Paso, Texas, and now resides in Los Angeles with her adorable dog, Deli, and her fiancé, Scott. She occasionally bartends, which we'll get into, but she mostly gets to make you laugh. You've seen her on Comedy Central Digital, and she hosts a weekly show every Sunday at 9 p.m. called Chatterbox. So that said, Lisa, what got you into writing? Why do you care about astrology so much? How hard is podcasting? Tell us all the things. Oh, my gosh. What got me into writing?
1: Just to really jump deep straight off the gate. My dad had dementia growing up. And well, I guess like in my young, my younger adulthood. And so I've just always wanted to be able to remember stuff. So like writing down things and doing stand up and repeating stories and stuff to me always feels like a way to exercise the brain and like kind of honor some of that stuff that goes later in life from our heads. And then astrology, I think, I mean, I got into it from podcasting more, but I think it's just a nice way to like, let people be themselves to not like necessarily excuse their behavior, but kind of try to understand and see something from another person's point of view. Like, oh, well, they're a Gemini, so they're just chatty today. You don't need to like shut them up or whatever. And then podcasting, it totally depends on the week you have. Like if you have a ton of time for editing and if you, we have a lot of support in that we are a group of three. We're really lucky in that regard. And then also the pandemic weirdly made it easier on us. We didn't record remotely before. So it was really difficult because we'd always have to like drive to someone's house and then like no one's fiance or boyfriend could be like really hanging out at that time. And we'd have to, you know, it was just a lot more scheduling and now we do remote it's much easier we'll get back to doing stuff in real life too but it's just um it actually taught us a lot of lessons that have helped
0: yeah I totally agree with that and I think that it was something that I would have never been open to before because I was such a stickler for the audio quality and now I'm like Yeah, I don't care. (laughs) Like, I still want it to sound good, but I'm also like, yeah, I want to get more access to people. And it makes it easier. And it still sounds good. Mm -hmm. Like, Okay, well, so, writing was inspired by tragedy, which is often what happens. And the podcasting was, you know, were you already, were you someone growing up whose mom would be like, Oh, you know, that's a Pisces, so she's more creative or whatever. Or was it just like, you did your own research as you got older?
1: My mom throw me a birthday party when I turned 13. That was like a Zodiac-themed birthday. I'll die. And I remember being so mad about it. (laughs) Like, I really had wanted to capture the flag party, and I just remember (laughs) being really upset. And I did, of course, like, look at birthday books and all those things, Cosmo horoscopes and all those things that, like, I feel like young women sometimes gravitate towards. But I really started, I started with tarot and I used to kind of read at comedy shows and do stuff. And I really only kind of knew sun sign astrology until we started the podcast. Now I think of it as more of like less of a spiritual work and more of a like the weather huh. where it's like, oh, are people going to have like a weird vibe today? Maybe, you know, uh, bring a jacket or whatever it's like the equivalent is. <laughs> Um, And that helps me, especially like being a bartender, because you're like, oh, sometimes you have a day where everyone's just pissed and you're like, what's going on? And it helps me to be like, maybe it's the moon. (laughs) Maybe it's not me, you know.
0: Okay, so you have that podcast and you host a show on Sunday nights. Now, where can people go see Chatterbox? Is it based in L.A. too?
1: Kind of. It's in Covina at the Chatterbox in Covina. It's every Sunday at nine and it's one of the best shows in LA also or if you want to call that LA. Also we have an open mic on Thursdays at eight o'clock. I won't always be there but sometimes I will and it's always really fun and we do prioritize women non-binary folks. You have your own little list you can sign up on. You can sign up in the regular if you'd rather that's lovely
0: Where? what was that born out of just you being a female oh, and... i used
1: to complain all the time when i hosted it that all the men were like saying horrendous shit and like you know you'd have to go through eight of them to get to like one female comic that's yeah. really
0: really lovely and have you been doing comedy ever since you moved from texas to la
1: yeah i started
0: 2012 that's right and you still love it still want to grind at it still stoked to be in it
1: Someday, yeah. I think that The pandemic, again, like, taught me a lot where I'm like, oh, wow, like, sometimes I can just stay home and read a book. And that's also really nice. I think I've definitely slowed down and like, in my old age. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yes, well, you're not 16. So basically, that's what happens. We slow down. Um, Okay, and so you came out here, you're doing comedy. now. Uh, You also describe yourself as a content creator. So what does that mean exactly for you?
1: For two years, I was a writer through an agency for Netflix is a Joke. And I write and produce. Well, I don't produce it. I star in a show on Amazon, Primes, YouTube,
0: called in the stars with my other two co-hosts from what's your sign well we're we hope you enjoyed your apps we're going to move on to the andres after a quick break We're back, and now it is time for the entrees. Okay, Lisa, this is how I describe this section, but it's not a good description, even though I wrote it. So I say this is like the speed round of questions. Um, what was your first job ever where the government was taking taxes out of your income? So like people have said babysitting, paper route, that kind of thing, but where was it when you were actually like getting a paycheck from an establishment?
1: My mom owned a restaurant growing up, so I worked there from the age of 11 through question mark. Ooh. Um <laughs> But I probably wasn't getting taxed on anything until like high school, I would say.
0: Wow. Otherwise,
1: it would just be like helping clean menus or make candles or do whatever um, little side work things. as like an 11 year old bus tables once in a while. But it wasn't like I had to be there at six or something, you know, just be like kind of going with mom to work.
0: Was it like child Uh, labor laws be damned kind of thing? Or was it just like you had to go because that was just the way it was?
1: There is a story that my mom likes to tell about when, you know how it is like in the restaurant industry where sometimes something comes up and you just have to go in. Yeah. And my mom was taking us to this local taco place that me and my brother really wanted to go to, but my mom kind of didn't. She got called into work and then... It was really busy when we got there. So my brother and I were like helping. I guess we were asking like, when can we go eat? When can we go eat? And my mom was like, when you're done, when you're done busting the table, you know, she was just frustrated. And a woman that saw it was like, I'm calling child services. You're employing like child labor. She's like, they're my kids. Like, oh my God. So she didn't actually end up calling once my mom explained the situation. She wasn't like not letting us eat. We just like weren't going to the place we wanted or whatever. (laughs) So that. Definitely it was more of the like free childcare, I think. Sure aspect rather than like child labor. If, you know, my dad wasn't available to watch us or something, or like if my dad had to go in with her if we were all there, like it was easier for them to bring us and have us like, you know, greet people at the door, or, you know, we they had it was an old Italian place that had Chianti bottle candles. So Doing stuff like that, lighting
0: people's candles or getting them menus or whatever. Yeah, but I also think, you know, this is it sort of brings up an interesting conundrum of obviously I don't want children in factories making my shit. But there is an element of the family piece. I was going to guess that it was an Italian restaurant because there is an element of if you walk into a restaurant, you're like, oh, everybody's I don't know. Everybody's in on that together. As tough as that can be, I think there's like a really lovely piece to that where you're like, oh, but that restaurant, everybody's involved in it i don't know and then like it's safer than having a stranger watch kids so there is something to be said for that
1: i enjoyed the time i got to spend there i also used to like get a little red checkered tablecloth and like sleep behind the counter like like, i literally grew up in a restaurant like it's like like a little Ratatouille just like sleeping there at night. I also like worked there.
0: <laughs> so you, that, when was that transition when you went from like the cute little kid that was trying to get tacos brought in to the, like, I'm actually taking your order, bringing it to the back.
1: I guess high school, maybe when I, when my parents got me a car, I was going to say when I got a car, that makes it sound like I did it myself. Um, <laughs> when I was 16, my parents were generous enough to get me a car and a cell phone and I guess around that time, they were like, it's time that, like, you start taking responsibility in another way. So um, that was when I had, like, a schedule. And during the summers, I would work every lunch as a hostess. I would sometimes, like, work in the back of the house, but rarely would I take tables.
0: And my mom's, that would be more, I guess, servers wanted their tables, if that makes sense. Sure. Oh, yeah, it does. Oh, (laughs) bend down that road. Okay. So you so at sixteen that transitions and then how many customer service jobs would you say you've had total because you're you bartend occasionally now oh yeah I have two bartending jobs now oh girl okay so oh. what we start so fa- familial Restaurant are you comfortable saying the name of it
1: yeah Sorrento it's closed now ah, Sorrento okay. Italian
0: Restaurant closed okay. during COVID during the year 2020 I had tax forms from five different restaurants just that year no. <laughs> No, ma'am. Yeah, yeah. How were you able? But we um, only got to work through the beginning of March. Were you, so you were five jobs in when the pandemic hit, or you kept working through the I, pandemic? Maybe I'm counting a work from home job in that. No, let's see.
1: I had worked in four. Yeah. Four De- restaurants that year, the whole year. Yeah. So um, in March, I had worked in three. Two of them are partners. And then um, when things started to reopen, In July, I started
0: working at a fourth
1: and stopped working at two of them. So it's only been like two at a time. But throughout the year, yeah, it was pretty nuts.
0: I think most people don't know that 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 a lot of us have to have multiple serving jobs to make it like survivable in L.A. So that thing of like, oh, but you'll have time to audition and do what you love because you're working at night. And it's like you're not necessarily just working at night. And also, if you're working at two separate restaurants, you can work seven days a week, which is a lot of the days.
1: I love working and (laughs) I like, I'm a weird person that loves this industry. So, you know, I make it work. I also don't work seven days a week. I'm not a crazy workaholic. I max out of four shifts a week. If I have to take on a fifth, it's that's going to be a lot of coffee and sleep that week. I'm not like other bartenders. I don't like to drink at work. Oh, it's too hard. I mean, I like to drink at work, just not on the clock.
0: I know people that would be fall down drunk and working. And I'm like, I don't know how that's possible. So you said... I've done it. (laughs) (laughs) No judgment, but it's hard. But okay, so how many would you say roughly? So just in 2020 alone, we have four restaurants. So probably seven total. Seven total. Okay, that's not that many. Okay. Yeah, it's not that many. So you're a loyalist and because you also spent a huge chunk of time in, in your mom's place right okay so seven total and then what was your favorite and obviously comedy is your favorite we already know that but like of the actual like restaurant-y type of jobs which was your favorite
1: my favorite is probably one I work at right now and I'll probably regret saying this because my boss will probably hear this and like be like oh I didn't know you love working here so much but yeah I work at a pub downtown and my boss has been really generous with like giving me time off and Last year, I had a bunch of weddings to go to and I didn't realize... Like, when I asked for the time off and just, you know, it gets approved or whatever, I didn't realize he was, like, working my shifts for me and stuff. Oh. And I was like, oh, that's really, like, very, like, generous and very nice. And, yeah, working there, I, I it's one of my favorite bars to go to, too. The regulars are really cool. It can be tough sometimes. It's not, like, perfect all the time. But I do love working there. And the other place I work at right now is really cool too but my fiance is my boss so I'm like always uh, scared that I'm
0: gonna mess up something. (laughs) Oh my god are you comfortable saying the names of either of those places?
1: Sure yeah Beelman's Pub is the one where my boss worked my shifts while I was out of town and Arts District Brewing is where my fiance is my
0: boss. I've been there. But that's lovely that you have a manager or a boss at Buhlman's that is willing to let you live a full life. I don't think that most managers understand how much that breeds loyalty in those of us that can appreciate that. Because it's a huge, like, time off in restaurants is not as easy as everyone thinks. Because you think, like, oh, I'll just ask people to cover my shift. But if their staff pool is not big enough, there may not be anybody to cover your shift, even if you need it.
1: And the GM of arts, not my fiance, but uh, the GM there also has, like, come to see me do stand-up. And I don't know. It it is, like, it's sad to be, like, it's my family because I hate that, like, corporately. Like, I don't like it when they're, like, we're family. You're rock stars or whatever. (laughs) It, like, makes me cringe. But it is, like, these are the people that, like, have supported me through a lot of my comedy stuff, too. Not just at work at restaurants and bars.
0: Well, you spend a lot of time together and customer service either breeds sort of this sense of it's us against the world or it breeds like infighting and stealing tables and all that nonsense. But when it breeds that like we got this, you know, and the managers have your back and stuff, it can actually be a really fun job.
1: Especially like during the time when we didn't really know what COVID was and that things were kind of opening up and closing and opening up. And it was like, we're the only people taking care of each other. Like at the end of the day, Yeah, of course, like some guests that came in were heinous, of course, like there were people that started fights or like spit on you or did horrible, horrible things. But those people that were there for you through that or like you could talk to and got
0: it, you feel like close with them you feel like you've been through a well you have you've been through like a (laughs) traumatic event with them so was there when the timeline of COVID hit how quickly were you back to work after because LA all bars and restaurants shut down for a period of time that was mandated but then when were you back to serving people
1: about three months after the initial shutdown three four months June July
0: That's that that feels fast.
1: Yeah. We shut down again in November and then reopened again, I think in January, February or something. So there were, there were two like rounds of it, but both places I worked were like, well, I got one job during it, but one place I worked was like, let's do this. And I'm like, well, I'm going to get booted off unemployment. I better like find a second job.
0: Okay. And which has been your least favorite of all of the customer service jobs?
1: Oh my gosh. I used to work at this food hall in downtown LA. It's, There's no longer a bar there, but it's Corporation Food Hall. And not that everyone at the food hall wasn't absolutely lovely, but it was not a fun job. I did not make a lot of money. I I did not have a lot of patrons. (laughs) I was there cleaning a lot by myself. We had a lot of issues with people using it as a public restroom and that kind of thing where it was like, this isn't really my job, but I'm like closest to it. Fights and stuff that would
0: break out. Yeah, I don't miss it. Wait. Wh- okay. So was it in one of those, I don't know what you'd call them. Like, an They open- have
1: like stalls of food.
0: Yeah. Was it like that?
1: Kind of like Grand Central Market, but That's- a really small version of
0: it. Okay. So for people not in LA, it's kind of like, oh gosh, not Union Hall in it's Boston. It's like going get-
1: to a farmer's market in a building kind of, but they're there all little restaurant stalls. So you can get like tacos or sushi or like, you know, different food. And then I would work at the bar at the back.
0: So, would pe- so people wouldn't like come and make it their local watering hole. It's like they just happen to roll up on a bar and they're like, oh, I guess I'll get a margarita or whatever.
1: People weren't there to drink. Mostly it was like a lot of Grubhub that came out through, of course, like that, a lot of delivery services. And then um, the people that did come in were kind of just local neighbors like grabbing lunch or grabbing dinner. So people would sit at the bar once in a while and have drinks. We had really Really cheap drinks. And so I had a few like people that I've met in the bar world that, because bartenders would come anywhere that's cheap. That's right. You know, people that I met in the bar world through working there that I miss, and, you know, hairdressers and people in the general service industry like are down to go drink $3 beers and tip and hang out. But for the most part, it wasn't like, you know,
0: oh, look at this cool bar. (laughs) (laughs) I'll stop and say hi to this bartender. So why would the fights break out there specifically? Oh, the bathroom
1: issue. Yeah, it it was it wasn't a real issue. Like people would try to use it as a public restroom and the the building like did not want that. And so there would be like security guards just standing in front of the bathroom. Like they put a lock on the door. It was just a whole thing where it's like, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm in charge of like the bathroom code and everything like. It was, and it was right by the bar so Ugh. everyone else could just kind of live their life as normal but
0: i would always be like right there so you would have people randomly being like yo give me the code for the restroom and you'd have to be like show Which me that fine. you ate something
1: it's fine fu- i mean it's fine i'd give them the code but like you know the security guard would get mad because they'd get in trouble or you know what i mean it's just like i don't care like this is not my <laughs> this is not my bag i'm not the bathroom attendant like i if i was like you should be paying me for it also, I had to roll kegs down Spring Street. I used to no. have to take kegs down Spring Street from another bar to, yeah, to tap them in and liquor and
0: juice and everything. Yeah. How gross. how long did you last at that job? Oh, I worked there for a long time. I <laughs> knew you were going to say I that. There, <laughs> I worked there for like a year and a half. Wait, so were you, how, but you couldn't live on it. You said it wasn't like a lot of money that you were making. So you had another job at the time too?
1: I was, yeah, I was doing social media and st- I oh. do another stuff.
0: Okay. Working from home
1: and also would occasionally pick up shifts at another bar that was tied to it. Or, you know, I, I
0: make it work, walk dogs, watch, you know how we do. Oh, yeah. Well, we're, we're hodgepodgeing it all together. Um, and so what was the last straw that got you out of that job where you were like, ah, this year and a half is it. I'm out.
1: No, it, COVID. That was That's literally it. it. I got another job like a month and a half before COVID. And then when COVID happened, I was like,
0: I'm never going back to that place. But it closed. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. And it hasn't reopened since, I assume. I don't think it ever will. Okay. I mean,
1: maybe as something else, but not in its glory of
0: what it was. Yeah, like there's, We're never putting a bar here again. Okay. Um, Do you find the power that customers wield to be a little bit scary? You seem like you're very zen about customer interactions. So does it like trip I, you out that they can like, they can shut something down? Do I you? I
1: I do. Yeah. For the most part. I mean, obviously they're horrible people and most of them are horrible, but I don't, I actually don't think they have any power. Well, I'm a bartender. It's different when you're a bartender. When you're a server, it does suck. When you're a bartender, you can just be like, well, no more. And they really can't do anything.
0: But you're the conduit to their sort of, there's definitely a hierarchy. It's very weird. It's very weird. I have
1: something you want.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. So you're
1: going to try to be nice for the most part. Yeah. It happens. I mean, of course, there are guests that
0: scare me.
1: There are people that come in that I'm like, oh, God, what am I going to do
0: with you? You know? Can you give um, me an example?
1: Yeah. I had a guy during COVID and he had like a feather in his hair. He was not a native person. Also, I just want to make that clear. He was very white and like a granola-y <sighs> and um, had like a feather braided into his, I guess, rat tail i don't know what other (laughs) word to use um and he was with his son the bar i work at a vegan restaurant and he was like very adamant about not putting on a mask and i was like oh well if you you just put your mask on he's like well can i see a menu i'm like if you could just put your mask on i'm happy to help you and he was just belligerent about it and his son was like i think what happened from my perspective it seemed like his son was vegan and wanted to eat there and he was like acquiescing in whatever way and then got there and it was like a quote-unquote fight against his morals or whatever and the son kept being like dad just put it on like he had it with him you know so it was like one of those things where he just didn't want to give me the satisfaction And it did get to a point where I was like, he's going to like do something. That was at the time when everybody was like seeing news articles about servers and people in Walmart getting attacked and stuff. I was very scared. And I was like, I'm like, just go sit over there. and like, there's a QR code and like, have your son come order when you're ready. My boss like had seen it and was like, you can't talk to her that way and kick them out. Good I was for, scared. Good. I was shaking. Like, I remember I was, like, I, like, trying to make somebody,
0: like, a vodka Sprite, and my hand was, like, shaking so hard. I was very, very afraid. Because he was, like, raising his voice and making it such a, a to-do.
1: And also, I guess, just because of the state of things, and, yeah. like, I you just, like, feel like, oh, well, I have no protection against this person. Like, they could do anything. He could give me COVID. Like, I don't know what... You know what I mean? Yeah. There's just so much, like, so many things that... So many wild cards. And he was, like, really aggressive. I guess maybe I'm not... Uh, <laughs> I'm not, like, stating that enough. I also, like... I get called a fat bitch every day. Like, that's what? fine. Not every day. But definitely have... I had a guest that brought in his own beer. And I was like, you can't do that. And he just was like, you're a fat bitch. I'm like, yeah, you still can't be here. Like, wow. it's fine. Like, I don't <laughs> care if
0: I'm a fat bitch. You still, like, aren't... You can't bring in Takate. Like, we don't serve that. Wait, so what, why... I have to I have to hyper focus on that. Like you try to enforce a rule and then they just go like they just pick the thing that's mean to say to a woman or they're or, like, there's never a justification for calling anyone outside of their name. But like, is it literally like you are just trying to enforce the rules of your bar? Like you're never like shitty to them. And then they're instigate like these people are just coming at you. The only reason I'm focusing on this is because I think people think we make this shit up. And it it happens all the time where people call you outside of your name. It's a very weird. It's a weird experience because it doesn't happen at most other jobs where you get to just call someone that and there's no consequences.
1: I think that. With men like that, I've never had it happen where it's a woman. Um, I'm sure there are horrible women that, I mean, I've seen videos, but it's never happened to me that way. Generally, they're drunk, first of all, which I don't want anyway. Also, I think it's a defense mechanism that they've learned societally they can do when they feel like, it's the same thing as like on Tinder when they get rejected, which is basically what I'm doing. I'm saying you can't sit here it's one thing if the guy had said, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't realize I had this. We just came from a baseball game or whatever. And can I throw it away and whatever? But it's never that. It's always just like, oh, a woman's telling me what to do or whatever. And I'm going to attack her in the way I can only attack a woman. Yeah. Because even in that scenario, my barback was like furious and kind of like chased him down the street. And I was like, you don't need to do that. You don't need to let him go or whatever. And he wasn't talking to him that way. You know what I mean? So it's like I know for a fact like what's happening here. And I do think a lot of times guests think I'm not strong or whatever. They think that they're like, oh, girl, like every shift I work, some guy always asks me if I'm doing okay, bartending all by myself. I'm in my late 30s. Like I'm fine. Like it's like I don't even know. And it's not even in a scary way, like, you okay back there all by yourself? (laughs) They're, like, genuinely curious. And I always want to be like, no, actually, could you get back (laughs) here and help me? Like... It'd just be so funny to watch them not know how to make Manhattan or whatever, you know? It'd yeah. Just
0: be awesome. It's such an interesting thing. So, every, sh- like, very frequently you're called outside of your name. And then also very frequently you're asked if your little lady brain is able to handle the capacity of bartending. Do you think it has, was that true at all of the jobs you've bartended? Or is that unique to this city? Or is that unique to the particular restaurant where you get asked that all the time?
1: I, have only bartended in LA I've served tables in Texas here I think I also work at a brewery and like I've seen it happen a lot where other girls it doesn't happen to me as much I guess there but I don't really work that busy of nights but I've seen it happen where guys will be like you gave me the wrong beer and like no I didn't like I I can't there's nothing I can do to prove this to you but I guess I'll just go report it. Like, <laughs> it's very strange. Also, I feel like female bartenders more than anyone get asked, is this one free? And it's like, I know every bartender gets that question. Yeah. But I feel like female bartenders get it all the time because they think we're going to be like scared to say no. <laughs> oh
0: my and it's God. Like,
1: I'm- the more you ask, the less likely I am to like hook you up on anything.
0: I've asked, I've talked to a lot of bartenders. No one's ever shared that thing of like, yeah, that's a very interesting probably because you are female sort of experience that it's it's like a, I doubt a male bartender would come on here and be like, yeah, I'm asked if I can handle the job I'm doing. Ugh. How do you uh, how do you spin that and not get mad or like tell them to fuck off? How do you handle that?
1: Oh, I usually just say I'm doing great. I'm having such a great time. How are you? That's sweet. I, I like don't even yeah, I always just even if I'm having the worst day, I there are certain regulars that I can tell like, Hey, yeah, I'm a little hungover or whatever, but I generally would be like, this is my, this is the best job. Like, of course I'm here. Whatever you need. This is what my job is supposed to be. Yeah. I can go cry somewhere else. I can have a bad day somewhere else. I'm not going
0: to do that. It's going to affect your meal and everything. No. Have you ever cried at work?
1: All the, time. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: All the time. That's honest. Okay. What's the situation that made you cry at the job?
1: During COVID, there was a, <laughs> I didn't know this, but it was a, like, I guess, biker gang. And I didn't realize that. And they had ordered some nachos and they had ordered one of them without sour cream or sour cream on the side or something. And when I brought it out, I was like, nacho, sour cream on the side. And they were like, oh, it's that guy. So I like served them. And then I had to go back and get their other nachos. And I was like, nachos. And they're like. Oh, this sour cream is supposed to be on the side. I was like, I just—I literally was just here, and you just told me to give it to that guy. And they—they they were very adamant about that. No, they didn't. And can I speak to your manager? And it, I was like new there too. And like, they told my manager that I was rude, and that I—they didn't want me to come to their table anymore because they were afraid I was going to do something to their food. Wow. And I was like, okay, and I just like started crying so much. I was like, but it was during COVID too. So I had to walk really far to get to the bathroom. And I was like carrying all these dishes crying and I'm on my way to the bathroom. And some guy just goes, hey, are you okay? Oh and I was God. like,
0: yeah, bye. Oh my he God. Like,
1: what? And he was so confused. And I just like ran off and then collected myself in the bathroom. Dropped the dishes, collected myself in the bathroom. Took <laughs> Do- five. did Did not go back to that I was just gonna ask not mad no he
0: was like he understood what had happened oh my god what it that kind of shit that flex that like I'm gonna flex in the weird spaces where I can and get away with it and lie like I'll never like maybe that was some sort of gang initiation or whatever the fuck that was but like Take that shit elsewhere. Go go anywhere else. I also was
1: scared because I'm like starting to, you know, a new job and see they're all yeah
0: yeah and you're big tough guys yeah and and that can mess with your employment. That shit makes me crazy. What's the weirdest thing you've been asked to do whilst on the clock?
1: Obviously, like to get asked out on a date or something is always weird, but I don't know if I get that many
0: weird requests. Do you ever get offered cocaine in exchange for paying Uh for a? Um, I
1: get offered all kinds of things, yeah that's pretty weird, right <laughs> I don't yeah, yeah, I don't accept drugs. I guess the most weird thing is what people ask for for their pets,
0: oh, please elaborate. I'm always
1: like, oh, you give your dog that, that's interesting. I don't give my dog that, not that it's bad, but like cherry tomatoes is a popular one, or a cup of crushed ice for my dog is another one I get. I've also gotten weird people ask for weird stuff, like or they'll order nachos and ask for a knife, and I'm like. Why do you need a knife? You're eating nachos. Wait, what do they what need a the knife doing? for? Are they and fork like a knife? It's a plastic knife. So I don't know what you could be. You can't cut the chips. That's weird. I don't know. People ask for ranch with their nachos
0: all the time too. Oh, don't judge that. But I do that too. People ask
1: just. for a ranch no matter. Well, what. Yeah,
0: ranch is delicious. I could bathe in ranch. <laughs> but does it drive you crazy? Because like, sir, it comes up on this podcast all the time when people ask for a side of ranch. Do you want to flip a table, or are you just like it doesn't bother you?
1: Fine with me. Not uh, the during COVID we'd have to walk like 50 yards probably sometimes from tables. So it would bother me because I would ask when you'd order. So when I'd get there and you had been like, oh, ketchup's fine. And then, then you want ranch. I would get like, oh, no way. This guy's going to make me walk half a football field.
0: (laughs) No, that would make me crazy too. Okay. And other than the biker gang, was there another incident where a table or a person asked to speak to your manager? Like they escalated something with you?
1: Yeah, I think people have asked to speak to my manager a lot.
0: <laughs> You're so chill, though. I don't like... think I'm a great server. Oh, really? Um... <laughs> Would they ever ask to speak to the manager and then it was your mom and you, she'd have to come over and handle things?
1: Not really. I wasn't really serving tables there. I'm lucky that most of my bosses have always been the have your back kind.
0: That's your very. Um, that's unique and rare. Yeah. Lucky you.
1: Especially when you're serving liquor for the most part, like Ooh. they don't want to undermine you because then who knows what they end up getting served and how much, and it gets it gets messy. Busy. I'm trying to think if somebody's asked to speak to the one at the pub, and what they say. I know for a fact, like when I've had to kick people out of the brewery, that management has had to get involved. But it's usually that. It's usually like somebody who I'm like, you can't drink anymore. And they're like, well, let me speak to your boss. And I'm like, oh, great. Yeah, they're going to take it. They're going to serve you, I'm sure.
0: (laughs) Do they ever? I've had managers do that where I've cut someone off and then they come and give them drinks.
1: That's illegal. Mm At both bars I work at, they won't do it. Um, I've seen it's happened where especially and do not use this as a tactic to get served. But one of the, the brewery that I work at is very large. So sometimes you don't have enough time to tell everyone that the person's cut off before they get to another bartender. And that gets dicey because it's like we all have to be a team. And it, but it's tough because you're like, I was in the middle of something and I didn't get to tell like, people on the other side. And so sometimes that's happened, unfortunately. But usually it's not like, oh, can I speak to someone else? And then they just serve them.
0: Well, it's interesting. I mean, I've tried to explain this to people before, and they think I'm lying, like, because I had to take that as we do every couple of years that alcohol class. And I don't know if you know, you probably do know this, but like a specific to LA, if someone comes to you, and you serve them uh, two drinks, but they had five drinks prior to coming to you specifically, and they go home and they slip and fall on the sidewalk outside of their place and they want to sue because they were overserved. They can sue you individually as the bartender even though you didn't serve them the amount of drinks that would have made them like technically incapacitated because you served on the heels of them being overserved, then you you can be held responsible. And I'm like, I think that's insane and the comedy club where I worked people would just be like get everybody fucked up they tip better like overserve, like heavy pours because they didn't use jiggers in the back because there wasn't time I mean I think I'm too much of a prude now to work at any of these places anymore but I'm so scared of something like that happening also I don't want to kill anybody and I don't want you driving home I don't know it's such a how do you balance that as a bartender that like sort of fine dance
1: it is I do know that it's not even just that. Even if they get a DUI, you can be held responsible. The bar can get in a lot of trouble. If there if there's a sting, like you can you can owe a fine. It is just like, it is dicey. That's why they make you do the thing every couple of years. <laughs> just yeah. scare you into like doing your job right. I think one of the main things that I do is I try not to drink behind the bar. I think that really helps you see who's drunk. I have and I, you know, I'll take shots of beer with guests. I'm not like, uncool about it or whatever I'm not like a fuddy dud I want to have fun too we're here to like have a good time but and maybe I'll take a shot with you if it's towards the end of my shift I'm not like a complete sober person which you can be too I have sober bartender friends I think that really helps you see like who is impaired anyone who's like really itching to get a drink probably has already had a couple so people who are impatient generally I'm like you you can probably wait um uh, sometimes it's happened that you've been skipped over and people are starting to get your take like that of course happens too but yeah of course I look for signs of intoxication I try not to serve people who are too drunk and it is scary a lot too because I know especially as I'm getting older seeing a lot of these kids come in and like what 21 year olds look like is so young and I you know card them I check I double check when they're young I like make sure that their ID has certain things. I make sure it's not expired. I make sure it's a picture of them. But sometimes you're just like, damn, was that kid 21? They look so young. Mm. Some people look really young and some, you know, and they've hopefully been carted at the door too. But that's the thing that always scares me the most is like, what if, what
0: if I accidentally serve like a kid? And so you just do your best to mitigate that and you just keep it moving. I agree that 21 year olds look young.
1: most bartenders I know haven't gotten in trouble for doing something like that like for a someone getting a DUI or whatever. So I always take it as a grain of salt. It's like kind of like karma or whatever. If you are genuinely doing your best, something like that's probably not going to happen to you. Yeah. But you still have to
0: try. What's the scariest incident that you've experienced as a bartender?
1: I was working and I turned around and my guard was on the floor bleeding from the head. Last I had seen him, he was like upstairs on our mezzanine. And so I thought that he had gotten like cold cocked by a guest. Cause I didn't know what happened. And um, apparently he had a seizure and, but we kind of didn't know really what was going on. My manager had ran over with towels and stuff just to help with the bleeding. But um, luckily one of our guests is a doctor and he is like a regular. So Someone ran out and got him, and this is actually really funny, but, like, I swear it's true. He was wearing a shirt that had Dr. Seuss... Cat in the Hat that said, "Don't worry, I'm a doctor." <laughs> so a lot of guests were like, "What is that guy doing?" Like, and we we're like, "No, he's a doctor." And they're like, "No, he's just wearing Your a shirt." shirt. And like, no, we know him. He's actually a doctor. Um, he's fine. The guard is fine. It was a seizure. He has had seizures before. It wasn't like his first one. But he's never fallen like that. And he just fell on his like brow bone. And I guess that's just a really sensitive bone. And so, yeah, it cracked and and it was bleeding. And it, it did look like, when you look over and you see that, it looks like what you see in movies where you're like, there's a pool of blood on their head. They're dead. Like, there's no way they're alive. But yeah. he was like, you know, seizing. So we knew that he was still alive. It was, just, it was just very unsettling. And then, you know, like I said, it's a big place. So like, by the time ambulance and everything's there and I'm like, you know, going over to see if the other bartender's okay, he did not know anything had happened. <laughs> He was like, oh, yeah, it's busy. I'm like, yeah, because I closed it over there. He's like, what? I'm like, yeah, man. Like
0: (laughs) This dude's seizing. Had Had (laughs) he fallen from the mezzanine onto the floor? He had
1: come down. He felt the seizure coming on and he had stepped down. And then I think it was like the final step or
0: something kind of like, yeah. Jeez, louise so he ended up being okay did he come back to work he's okay yeah he still works there what a soldier how many bodily fluids have been on you you said that you've been spit okay. on but like what in what context spit like on. a whoop, poop, kind of spit or like um, what kind of
1: it's kind of like a spit at i don't know if I, I not in my face or anything i've had well obviously i had to clean up puke a lot that's just like a bartending i, I always when i have to clean up vomit i'm always like what time is it if it's before midnight, like this, I shouldn't be having to do this. Someone got <laughs> overserved. Um, well, usually it's always me and somebody got overserved. But if it's two, it's like, well, I don't know. You made it to the end of the night, I
0: guess. Does that make you but sick? I, that smell of puke? Not even really. I don't care. I don't.
1: I've never had to clean up human feces, so I feel like blessed. Yeah, because I know bartenders that have. No. Um, usually it's in the bathroom, just not in the toilet. But like. Guys will shit in the urinal. Like, they're just weird, you know. People are disgusting. People
0: are just genuinely gross. Especially
1: when it's not their house, you know? Yep. Oh, people puke in glasses, too. That's another thing that I'm like, just don't. Just, just, just throw up. Just get to a
0: trash can or throw up on the ground. Don't puke in the glass you're drinking out of. Isn't it funny? That's never come up on the podcast, and I've experienced that, too. And it's like, I don't want to find a glass of puke later. I'd rather watch you make it to the floor so I know what to avoid than pick up your warm glass of puke. Sorry, everybody listening. That's pretty fucking And there's
1: always more puke than room in the glass. Always. It's never going to work
0: out. (laughs) 100% of the time, even if it's a yard glass. Have you had blood on you from... I mean, obviously, we cut our hands when we're cutting fruit and stuff like that. But, like... Yeah, I don't think anyone's ever bled
1: on me. I've had... One of the grossest things that ever happened was on St. Patrick's Day. I had a... Like, I'd light up a shamrock necklace. And... I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do it all the way. Like, I immediately put on a bunch of Jameson tattoos, like the fake ones, and, like, instantly rubbed it off, and it just looked like I love some guy named James, like, <laughs> all over my arm. And then I, like, anyway, end of the night, I'm grabbing the dump bucket, and it's full of, like, Irish drop shot, remnant, kirtle, whatever is left in that. My necklace, like, was stuck in the dump bucket. No! So I... I asked the bartender, the bar back, I'm like, hey, can you take this necklace off me? And she was like, oh, yeah. And she just grabbed it and it just all fell no. over my face. No,
0: ma'am. Yeah, was horrible. No, ma'am. Did you did you throw up when that happened? No. Oh. I'm I pretty strong stomach. I didn't throw up. Ooh, ooh. so did you just go wash your face? How'd you handle that? Yeah, I, I rinsed and hand sanitized my face. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Was Have you ever been in an experience with a customer where you were just like, all right, I'm letting them win. They and besides the dude that you were like, fine, just go sit over there, featherheaded, mm, offensive man, Mask, maskless asshole. But was there ever a situation where you were like going toe to toe and you're trying to enforce the rules of the bar and you just acquiesce because you're like, I can't fight this.
1: All the time.
0: I wish people knew this <laughs> I'm all the God, time.
1: Probably giving away all my secrets that i'm (laughs) not that good at my job um using the bathroom is like the one that comes up i think the most if people just coming in to use the restroom we only have one and so it's like i really can't have you in there you know doing crack or whatever you're gonna do downtown um which has happened so i tell people like to buy something Eh, i usually just let them i tell them to buy something and if they walk out without like doing it i'm not gonna chase them down but i do it does like bother me because i'm like it's my bathroom too (laughs) so there's only one uh i do get irritated i will let you sample beers but i do get irritated after two yep but i will let you i will i will like baskin robbins let you try everything not everything but you know
0: a lot you'll you you have a lot of yeah. bandwidth for that that's kind of even though i'm like
1: you're wasting my whole day
0: yeah cuz you know they're not going to they're either not going to order one or they're going to order the first one they tried and you're like okay so you just you should have just ordered a sampler um, usually
1: they order based off the name i feel like
0: that's common that's very common yeah, yeah. Um, have you ever been fired from a customer service job
1: no yeah you don't seem i don't know like if like i've that. ever been
0: fired from a job i've been laid off and i've been i've quit That's different. Yeah. So, no, you don't you don't seem to have the constitution for that. Okay, what is the thing that (laughs) my fiance will be like, you're done. (laughs) It's happening tonight. He told me, actually, I know him from a different life. (laughs) Um, What is the thing that actually like besides the like trying too many beers? Is there something where you will get angry and reach your max and they see your claws come out?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things, I guess. Definitely, if you're going to call me names, I'm going to come back at you. And then also, there's a lot of things that bother me. I don't like doubles. It doesn't make my claws come out, but I don't like it when people order doubles. Why? People that I don't know. Because I don't know you. I don't know how much you drank before. I don't know. It's our pores heavy already. I'm giving you way too much alcohol usually with a straw in it, and it's just just order two. I probably don't have the glassware to make it. It's it's going to be like the wrong. It's just going to be out of balance. It's almost like saying. To me, you're not fast enough at bartending that well, I'll have time to order and drink this or whatever. Yeah. It's like,
0: just order two. I'm giving you the exact same thing. I'm charging you the exact same amount. Like, Yeah, you don't save money I, to get a double. I, I think most people think that they're pulling one over. But it's also like, or if you want that much vodka or whatever, just get a Vodka Rocks. easy yeah
1: i also i'm like i'm not that comfortable serving people i don't know four ounces of alcohol it's a lot of booze i just don't think it's responsible it's more than a martini i mean it's like it's a lot like um i'm definitely not coming back to you fast because if you're finished with that quick like you're gonna we're gonna have a problem Mm -hmm. i don't like when people waver like try to order when i'm in the middle of something else and i have been known to say i'm going as fast as i can and so people, yeah, people kind of get it. I've had to stop service to tell people like it was a very, very busy night
0: and I was by myself and
1: a bunch of people were doing the like.
0: Oh, no, ma'am. She's snapping if you like can't that hear that kind of audience of stuff. No, I know they
1: were all trying to get somewhere. I get it. Yeah, I had to stop service and just be like, hey, I am doing my best. I don't know if you guys can tell it's only me. So you're just going to get served when I'm serving you and and like people who were upset who i felt like maybe i had skipped i just bought a shot or something
0: oh see i would have skipped him harder That, um, but i'm petty as fuck um have you ever been stiffed every day it happens all the time and it's not because you had n- someone oh go ahead tip me five on 75 yesterday no just don't tip what was the was it meals too or was it all just booze just alcohol ugh and were you just like, how do you handle that? Do you ever, you, are you one of the people that'll be like, thanks for no tip if people stiff you? No, I just say yeah. thank you. I, yeah, I Whatever. It's not my job to be
1: in charge of people's, like, etiquette and their, you know. I agree with you on I that. I always just think, like, maybe they don't have enough. And, that you know, maybe that's why they're here to begin with. I, I don't even, I don't care. I mean, I've worked a long time to get to that. It's not that this is Overnight. comes naturally to me. But I've, like, lived in scarcity mindset for so long and, like, it doesn't help you creatively. It doesn't help you in work. So why should I be like, oh, it's not enough here today. Like, it doesn't help.
0: And you probably make more money because you have that energy around you, would be my guess. I hope so. <laughs> Do you tip? Yeah. How much?
1: I tip pretty well. There's certain things I don't tip well on, and I know it. Like what? Like weed delivery. I'm like, all right, I think I max out a 20 bucks on that. And not that I'm always ordering Sometimes you're ordering two hundred dollars worth of something, that's a ten percent tip, which is pretty bad, but I feel like it's the same drive. Yeah. Yeah. If I was ordering five like fifty dollars worth of stuff. Yeah. It's not like you're serving me
0: more. Um and maybe that's wrong. I you're welcome to tell me that it is. It probably is wrong. I don't feel I don't do a lot of home delivery for anything because I'm a cheap bastard. So like I'm not I really don't get food delivered and stuff. And there's also like fees on fees on fees. And, you know, a five dollar hamburger can't become twenty five dollars because I of the fees and the tipping and the bubble. But at that point, I just go in my car and get it. So, yeah,
1: I'm not huge on food delivery either once in a while. You know, Uh, it is a rip off. It doesn't help the restaurant out really. No, it doesn't. So, yeah, it hurts them. Okay, and But yeah, weed delivery, I probably don't tip enough on. I think one of the reasons that Scott liked me when we first started dating, the first time we went out together, we went to a tiki bar. And um, I tipped a lot when I bought a round. He bought a couple rounds and then I bought a round and he was like, "Uh, did you mean to leave that much? And I was like, yeah. He was like, I think I like this girl. He's in the service industry too, obviously. So
0: So he gets it. Um, Do you ever not tip? Is there like an incident where you're like, fuck no, I'm, I'm leaving zero?
1: if somebody was racist or something, maybe I would, but it hasn't happened to me. Or if somebody was sexist or, you know, touched me or did some, you know, like, some, it has to be like that. Egregious. Appropriate. Yeah. If not, I'm generally 15% for just service. And then if you're great, of course, I'm going to give you more. I mean, I had a server in Vegas recently that was awesome. And like, yeah, of course I'm gonna like give extra.
0: Yeah, well, it sort of defines the experience in some regards. Like, yeah, there can be a place with a cool atmosphere and like I don't know, cool pictures on the wall and cool drinks. But if your server bartender is also cool, you your the experience you had there was defined largely because they made it fun.
1: They know what's good to order. They yeah. know what's you know like that all that stuff makes yeah. a difference.
0: Okay, and last question in this section. Can you think of the worst customer you've ever had to interact with? Or if you can't think of one specific story, an archetype for who is the worst customer?
1: Oh, at my mom's restaurant, someone threw a credit card at me. Ew, what? Why? I don't know if I gave them the wrong... I don't even remember. It's been so long. But I don't know if I gave them the wrong check or their server did or something. Somehow they got the wrong check, which has happened, I'm sure, once in a while. it happens in tabs all the time. I had already rung them up and so it was like a void out their card situation and when they got their actual check it was more so I think they were very mad Uh, and that but I'm like still none of this is my fault except I did you know I did run the card so I just asked for the card back to refund it and charge the correct amount and yeah she threw her credit card at me it's always that's always like an older lady
0: Mm, Shocking. Well, now we're going to move on to the good stuff. We hope you saved room for dessert. What is the nicest thing a customer has done for you whilst you were working? I asked customers to, I
1: ask them to do crazy stuff. I shouldn't be saying this. <laughs> I asked customers to like watch the bar while I go to the bathroom, but not, I don't know. There's, there's a regulars. They like, no, I guess. And it's like three minutes. They're already sitting there. What's yeah. something nice someone's done for me? Oh, this guy recently gave me a hundred dollar tip and like told my boss.
0: Yeah, that was really nice. He was really cool. He just like was like she had a good vibe and he only got like a couple drinks and still gave you a hundred bucks.
1: No, they had a huge check. He came in with staff like he was um, some sort of manager or, or I don't know what exactly they, they did for work. It was about eight people. And when they came in, it was already kind of busy. And then, you know, they're. They had a lot of people, so I was giving them a lot of service, and a lot of them were, like, in the young 20s, kids who hadn't drank certain kinds of alcohol before just didn't know what they wanted, so I was helping them and, you know, making mocktails for people and doing kind of, like, above and beyond service where it's like, oh, you've never had, like, a dark and stormy, maybe you would like that, or this, you know, maybe you'd like this signature cocktail, um, and they ended up eating and drinking a lot They did a couple rounds of appetizers And like a lot of drinks And I he tipped on the bill Like he tipped on the uh, check And then he gave my boss $100 cash And was like, that's for her for her service
0: Wow so Like, oh, that's crazy That's never happened to me in however many years And are you guys a pooled house? Yes Okay, and what is the nicest thing Oh well, nope, nope I'm going to skip that one Because you already answered that What's the best tip you've ever gotten? So was that hundred dollars on the side the best? The top, yeah, for okay. sure. Okay. O- outside of obviously an autograph and something huge, sure. But that's yeah. I mean, I autograph is like right. It's it's. Uh, have you ever had people fight the autograph? This is the nice section, but I I never have asked that before. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, people do. I don't
1: mind it. So do I you just take it, it off? Actually, yeah, we have to. It's yeah, it's illegal to like force them to. Oh, I didn't know that. One too. Yeah, we have to. Well, Someone also gave me 60 bucks. I just remember this because I, I wouldn't tell them how I voted. I just said, I vote however you vote. Because I, I just, I'm whatever. I'm a, there's, you're, we're not getting to know me.
0: Yeah, like, you don't if, care.
1: I, of course, like, of course I vote. And of course I care about how I vote. But at, at work, like, it's not going to help yeah. if I tell you. So I just said, like, oh, I vote how you vote. And she gave me 60
0: bucks. Just because you handled it well?
1: She was a server too.
0: Bless her. Uh, okay, what's the best time you've ever had at work? Was there like a day you can remember where you're like, "Oh, I'm having this is like what I"? Because you said you like people, you like the industry.
1: Yeah,
0: I love it every week, but I also hate it every week.
1: I um, <laughs> I worked this event for the Super Bowl, and it was really fun. The it was the Bengals. Whoop! Not, I'm from Ohio. Um, LA. Oh cool. Everybody was really really cool and it was one of those ones where you're where it happened really last minute like a couple days we threw it together. Every single person on it was like a staff of probably 60. We had to like borrow people from other bars and I worked with an old manager in like an outside bar and it was just the two of us and I don't know we hadn't hung out in a long time so it was fun to bartend together and then All the people were, I mean, there were problems, obviously. They weren't, like, obviously perfect guests or anything. But for the most part, like, there were no fights, no, no like, weird, I don't know, harassment, I guess, would be the thing. And everyone seemed to, like, cut themselves off. Hell yeah. Every person that came up to order that I was like, should I serve this guy? I was like, I just closed my tab. I was like, (sighs) oh, these people, I kind of know their limits. I guess also because it was the day before the game. So like a lot of them probably weren't trying to get too lit. Yeah. Also, Coolio played. That was pretty cool. Wait, played at the bar? Um, Yeah. He like, they like set up a stage outside and he dropped in and he did a couple songs. And then afterwards, like I was in the kitchen for some reason. He was just back there. That's amazing. I was like,
0: whoa, Coolio. That's so great. Okay. Yeah, it was fun. Um, What's the best lesson you've personally learned from working in customer service? Be on time.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's the easiest one. I think there's so many, though. It's hard. I feel like customer service people, people that have worked in hospitality, are the best at their job, no matter what job they end up in, because they know how to, you know, leave stuff at the door. They know how to talk to their coworkers and how to, I don't know, they, they know how to behave for the most part. They're usually on time. They're usually, they can read people.
0: Anthony Bourdain has a great quote. I think it's he who said, you know, um, that if he were going to venture outside of working in restaurants, he would always want to hire people who had restaurants in their, in their background for basically everything you just said, that it's, it's just like the most versatile job that you can have that, that feeds into literally any other industry you'll ever work in, which I agree with.
1: It's, and being on time, it's like, it's a thing that I guess to me, that's like, if I was hiring someone, that's the way in. If you're mm-hmm. like looking to try to get a job as a bartender and you're having a hard time, I think you shouldn't mention you do have to like follow through on it. You can't just say I'm punctual <laughs> in the interview. But I do think that's something that like tips you off that mm-hmm. you've worked in this industry before. Yeah, that's right. It's like, yeah, you know, I don't bring I don't bring my personal shit in here.
0: Um, I'll be sober and on time and people are like, Okay, like this person knows. So we're in on time. It's a great point. And okay, final question in this section. What's one piece of advice you would give to customers who interact with customer service workers?
1: Oh, one piece? Only? You can give several. Give them all. The main thing is just, you know, to be cool. And <laughs> the second is to tip. Hello. I think that's probably the one everyone says. I would agree. We work for tips. You know, it's not um, only when you get great service. Sometimes you get mediocre service and you just give a
0: bare minimum tip it's okay well okay lisa how can people get in touch with you where can they see you perform you know do you have an album what's the how, how do how do people get eyes on you or ears i don't have an album i should get one you should i
1: i am um, always not always
0: most sundays i'm at
1: the chatterbox at nine o'clock in covina uh you can also come and see me and i'll buy you a beer or something. But don't just come and I won't just buy it. You have to like mention that you, you listen to this podcast. I like um, that. <laughs> uh, at either of the bars I work at or you can check out my podcast. What's your sign? Anywhere podcasts are found.
0: Okay, amazing. Uh, well, folks, we're going to drop your checks now. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help us out here at Service From Hell, tell your friends to listen, because why haven't you done that yet? If you haven't, it will help us reach more people that need to be schooled on the art of being kind and will be catharsis for those of us still working in the industry. If you want to get in touch with us here directly at Service From Hell, send us your receipts to Service Podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks to SiriusXM and She's So Funny for putting us on. We love y'all. Remember, if you can't afford to tip, you can't afford to go out. So don't be garbage and be good to people. It's easier that way. Thanks for being on, Lisa. Really appreciate you. Thanks. This was really lovely. You shared honestly, which is hard to do. So we appreciate it here. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. Good night.